All right, so welcome everybody to uh, week four of the NFL. This is Wagers, Ragers, coming to you again. So your host is myself, Joshua J.T. Buckner, coming to you from the wonderful, best state in the Union of the United States, New Jersey. I'm in New Jersey. Joining me. In the dirty jurors is Jonathan the Hedgehog Donath. The Hedgehog. How's it going, everybody? And also on the East Coast is Eric the Marine Navarro. Yeah, I'm down in Virginia. It's a lot better than Jersey. So, hey all. Uh, missing today, but still with us in heart and mind is our West Coast compadre, Michael Caracosa. We call him Coza, but he will be with us next week. Uh, so everybody out there doesn't have to worry about that. He will have his commentary next week as to the games on week four, I'm sure, and giving us his wonderful pick of the 0-3, possibly 0-4 New York Giants next week. So last week, at least for me, was a rather difficult week. Uh, I started off strong with my picks with the Steelers-Houston game, and I covered with my pick of the Steelers covering the minus four that they were giving to the Texans, but my prop bets were garbage. Um, I thought that Deshaun Watson was going to get uh, hassled all day long and be rushing and running all over the place. And I, I, my prop was over 24 and a half yards, which did not hit. My second pick, which honestly, I, I thought this was a lock with the Cardinals and the, and the Lions. The Cardinals giving five and a half points at home to the lowly Detroit Lions who had just gotten shellacked by the Packers. And what happened? Not only did Detroit cover, but they actually won the game. And my props, once again, were garbage. I thought that um, Murray would run all over the field and he didn't cover the 39 and a half rushing. And Kenyon Drake, who I thought was going to have a big game given how many yards rushing that the Lions had given up each game this season, he didn't cover the over 77 and a half rushing. So um, I had a bad week. You know, I was coming off a of 4-0 week the week before, so let's see what happens this week. Guys, how'd you do last week? Well, Hedgehog here. Uh, the last few weeks since the season began has gone pretty well. Um, one more than we've lost, and each week we've added another hundo to the bankroll from our winnings. Last week uh, in the Eagles game, I said to take the Bengals and the points. That turned out to be prophetic as the Bengals end up uh, tying the Eagles uh, and uh, – in a decision that almost drove me completely insane, Coach Doug Peterson of the Eagles punted and went for the tie in overtime with a chance to win, which nearly drove me insane. Um, the, the riverboat gambler, I guess, is now just playing for ties. Um, in that game, I was all over the A.J. Green props. Um, I wanted to go with the over on receiving yardage. JT, after talking to you, I also took the over on receptions. The receptions hit. The yards did not, and I think at this point, A.J. Green just might be done. He looked terrible. Uh, I think Burrow's probably going to stop trying to force-feed him the ball. Um, a couple other great hits that I had, though, I hit on one of those lottery tickets, T. Higgins to score a touchdown first, so I hit that. Um, the second game that I took was Dallas and Seattle. 
and I said to take Seattle and give the five. That was correct. The props did not do as well. I took uh, Russell, Russell Wilson, uh, 27 and a half rushing yards. He did not quite hit that. But I also followed you on the uh, Steelers game, took the Steelers who covered. So overall, it was a pretty good week. Nice work. So Eric, how'd you do last week? Yeah, so uh, I did well on my two uh, spread picks. I tend to be better with the spreads. Uh, the over-unders were interesting. Um, I missed on the over with the Colts-Jets, but that's by one point. And that's because the Jets are so pathetic on offense. Um, and then uh, in the Chiefs-Ravens game, the, uh, the, they pushed. The, the over-under was uh, 54. So, uh, And then on the props, I didn't do so good. But I, I did get the narratives right on both games. And I want to just real quick, right? So a lot of times people overthink these things, right? In both games, the, it was pretty easy to pick, right? The Colts minus 11.5 normally don't like to, to take uh, or, or lay double-digit points. But the Jets are that bad. And why? Because they're coached by Adam Gates, right? He is simply one of the worst coaches I've ever seen. He is now rivaling uh, Rich Kotite. Uh, I actually give, think he's worse because with parity in the league now, it should be easier to turn franchises around. And so back in the day, it was harder for those bottom feeder teams to, uh, to play uh, better teams. Uh, so the fact that the Jets are this pathetic um, and this non-competitive is a testament to just how awful he is as a coach. Uh, they scored what one touchdown, uh, one offense touchdown. It was usually, you know, usually it comes when uh, Darnold, uh, you know, makes some crazy plays. Uh, when the play breaks down, he's throwing. A, he's using 37-year-old Frank Gore like he just got out of college. Uh, there's no rhyme or reason to what he's doing. He needs to be fired immediately. And that even applied to uh, this Thursday night game. I know we, we didn't get, uh, talk about it, but you know, but there was a lot of money moving on to the Jets thought that they could sneak out their first win against a third string quarterback in Rippon, but no, not this Jet team and not one Adam Gase. Uh, so they found a way uh, to uh, pull the jaws, you know, what do you call it, defeat out of the jaws of victory and they're 0-4 and they're, they're headed towards the first round pick and probably Trevor Lawrence. As far as the Chiefs, the Chiefs are just I couldn't believe that they were getting points. They're just too good, right? So regard, throw out your gambling trends uh, I would I would pick the Chiefs almost every week until they prove me wrong. Um, and so that's about it. Yeah, so I won big actually with the Chiefs against the uh, the Ravens. Again, I I I take the the same mindset is that you know bet against the Chiefs until they tell you not to. Um, they're the defending Super Bowl champions. They looked really good against the Ravens, and it, it, to be honest with you, the Ravens looked really inferior against the Chiefs on uh, Monday night. It was supposed to be the game of the the game of the year, and it really turned into a, uh, a complete blowout yeah. by the Chiefs. And just quickly on the Jets, I mean, you know, you're spot on. You know, Adam Gase is invoking the uh, the ghost of Richie Kotite from the mid-'90s Jets of being totally inept, completely overwhelmed, and, you know, he stares at that sheet on the sideline like it's the gospel and whatever he's reading on that is obviously not working because that game against the Broncos was pitiful. I mean, being up 28, 27 and then just blowing it like that. It didn't shock me because actually I thought they were just going to be losing the entire game, but he's just inept and he needs to be fired and needs to be fired now, but he's got ties to Joe Douglas. And I, I think they're going to probably stick with him for a little while until Joe Douglas gets, you know, the cojones, so to speak to uh, tell leadership that he just needs to go. 
So whether it's yeah, uh, if, I could, if I could go back on that, the problem with the Jets goes up to the ownership and their structure too. So Joe Douglas doesn't even determine Adam Gase's fate, right? They both report separately to the, the owner. Chris Johnson made the foolish hire to begin with, and then he doubled down after week one and called Gase an offensive genius. He looks like an idiot, uh, and then he doesn't want to admit his mistake. So it looks like we're stuck with an entire year of a Gase-led team that's going to go probably 1-15 uh, and 15 at best. It's a disaster. Yeah, I mean, totally agreed. I mean, whether he's there the entire year, whether he gets fired in week five or six or seven or 10 or 12, does it really matter? Because the Jets are going to be awful all year long, no matter who is the, the coach for them this year. They're totally undermanned. Their roster is garbage. Um, and they're not doing Sam Darnold any good. So it's going to be a long season. It already is, even though it's only four weeks old. And we'll just have to see how things shake out when the draft hits, so whether they're going to stick with Darnold or whether – they're going to go with, uh, you know, the proverbial number one, Trevor Lawrence. So I think we've, I think we've uh, rung out the Jets as much as possible on this podcast. So let's move into week number four. And we're going to switch up the format a little bit because normally each of us picks it, you know, our team and, and now, you know, analyzes that game and then picks a secondary game. But we're going to kind of mix it up a little bit. I'm going to stick to the traditional format and pick two games. Uh, the Jets already played on Thursday, so I can't analyze that game since, since uh, that's done and over. So I have two games that I like. I'm going to go through those games. And uh, Eric's got a little bit different take, uh, or a little different um, protocol this week, and uh, John as well. So I'm going to start it off this week. And I'm going to go with one of the one o'clock games, which is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the uh, now Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, the line right now is Tampa Bay giving seven. They're the home team. The over-under is 42 and a half. So just to give some you know, little nuggets and some, some quick stats on this game, Mike Evans started off the season really slow. Uh, his, his first game, he had one catch. One catch for a two-yard touchdown. But in the last two games, he's had 10 catches, 109 yards, and he's tied for the league lead in touchdowns with four with Calvin Ridley from the Falcons and Tyler Lockett from the, the Seahawks. Um, I see the chemistry between Mike Evans and Tom Brady building in each successive week, and I think that's going to continue again this week against the Los Angeles Chargers. I think their the Chargers game against the Chiefs was more of a facade than actually what this team really is. Uh, they're, you know, I don't think, I think they're a mediocre team at best. I like Justin Herbert as a rookie. I think he's got, you know, tremendous poise in the, in the pocket. He's had two 300-yard games in both starts. It's questionable as to whether or not Tyrod Taylor is going to actually start at quarterback. The coach has said that if he's healthy, he's the starter. I think that's a big mistake by the Chargers, but nonetheless, I don't think it really matters who's the starting quarterback. I think the Tampa Bay is the better team. Um, you know, from the Chargers' perspective, Keenan Allen's had a pretty decent year so far. Last week he had 19 targets and 13 catches. Hunter Henry is going to be my prop pick this week. He's had four straight games of five receptions or more. And, uh, you know, where I see the difference here is injuries. The Chargers are decimated by injuries. They've lost safety Derwin Jones. I mean, James and center Mike Pouncey for the season. They have four defensive starters out, including Melvin Ingram and Chris Harris Jr. And two of their other offensive linemen, Brian Beluga 
and Trey Turner are both questionable to play in this game. And if they're not playing, I think Tampa Bay is going to have a field day on whether it's Herbert or Tyrod Taylor. So I love this game that Tampa Bay is only given seven points at home. I think they win by two touchdowns. So I'm going with Tampa Bay this, uh, in this game, my prop in this game, I have two. Uh, the first is based on the stat that I gave you earlier with Hunter Henry having four, five reception games or more uh, in a row. It's Hunter Henry, four and a half receptions, and you're getting good money on this. It's plus 125 right now on DraftKings. Uh, the other prop I like is Mike Evans leads the league in touchdown receptions with Ridley and Lockett, uh, plus 110 to haul in a touchdown in this game. So those are my two props for this game. Guys, you have any thoughts on the Tampa Bay Chargers game? Uh, I'll jump in real fast. I think it's a little dangerous. They're laying seven points. To me, that's a lot of points. Uh, Chargers have a good defense. I believe Leonard Fournette and Chris Godwin are out for the for the Bucks. Uh, yeah, God, Godwin is out. Yeah, so uh, now that that allows the Chargers to focus in on guys like uh, Evans. Um, Brady's been up and down. He's missed some throws. He's looked like he's still trying to get comfortable in the new offense and with new teammates. Uh, I think it's a lot of points to take, so I'd be wary. Yeah, and just real quick, uh, one more prop I want to throw in there. Austin Eckler receiving yards for is 35 and a half at minus 121. Not great, but in two games with Justin Herbert, he would have crushed that 55 yards and 84 is what he got so far. So give me Austin Eckler on the over on 35 and a half receiving yards. All right, guys, good stuff. I mean, I, I still love the, the Tampa Bay, uh, the Buccaneers, but uh, I guess we'll see how things shake out uh, tomorrow afternoon. So my second game, and I'm going to move right into it is another game that, um, you know, we're probably going to have some disagreement on, but we'll see. It's the Raiders and the Buffalo Bills. Raiders are home. Raiders are home in their new stadium, what they call the Death Star. They looked really good against the New Orleans Saints in their first home game. And they've actually not looked uh, – they've actually looked pretty good this year. Um, I know they lost last week to the Patriots, but they're getting three and a half points against Buffalo. The over-under is 52 and a half. The Bills, you know, they're 3-0. And they've looked good, and their defense is good. And Josh Allen looks like he's, you know, a candidate for the MVP. But they beat a terrible Jets team at home. They only won by 10. They barely beat the Dolphins. They won by three. And if not for a miracle, they pulled out a win against the Rams last week. So I don't know if they're really a 3-0 and team or they're really as good as people think they are. I think they're a good team, but I also think the Raiders are a good team. The Raiders are 2-1. and one. Uh, Their only loss is coming up in New England against the Patriots. So with the Raiders at home getting three and a half points, I like the hook. And that's why I like this game, and I like the Raiders getting three and a half points. Now, from the Bills' perspective, Josh Allen's had two straight games with four TD passes, and he's also tied uh, Jim Kelly's record with three straight 300-yard passing games. And Stephon Diggs has been a great addition to the Buffalo Bills. but. I still think the Raiders at home getting that half a point on top of the, you know, the three that you normally get at home is big in this game. Um, So I don't have a whole lot of analysis from the Raiders. I think Darren Waller, who sort of disappeared last week and only had, uh, you know, two receptions for nine yards against the Patriots. is going to have a big game. He had 12 receptions and 15 yards against, I mean, sorry, uh, 100, 
15 yards against the Saints at home. I think he's due for a big game. He seems to be a favorite of, um, of Derek Carr. So I, I, I like the Raiders in this game. I like the fact that they're getting three and a half at home. So I'm going to take the Raiders three and a half. As far as props, uh, you know, Josh Allen's been running all over the field. Right now the over is 39 and a half rushing yards. And so I'm going to take that over for Josh Allen because he loves to run, although he probably should stay back in the pocket so he doesn't get hurt. But I don't think he can help himself. So I'm going to take that prop. And uh, those are my bets for the Raiders-Bills game. Guys, any thoughts? Yeah, so uh, the one I like a lot, uh, the prop for this game, uh, Hunter Renfro, over five and a half catches. Great odds at plus 118. Might seem like a lot for Hunter Renfro, but the Raiders are going to be without, obviously, no Tyrell Williams, no Brian Edwards, and probably no Henry Ruggs. I think Renfro's going to get a lot of targets, and I think um, he could hit this five and a half number. He uh, got six last week, so I expect more of the same. Yeah, real quick, uh, if you hadn't picked this, I was going to pick this too. I, I agree with the, the spread pick. Um, I like uh, I like good or decent to good teams getting points, right? And especially, I agree, the Bills are, yes, they look good, but they played a horrible Jets team, obviously. They should they, – they barely beat the Dolphins, and then they should have lost last week, right? They actually gave up a 28-3 lead, and then if not for that – uh, BS uh, pass interference call, they would have lost. And the, the narrative around them would have been very different. Um, I think the the Vegas uh, Raiders are a good team, decent team, uh, trending upward. And uh, I really love uh, not just getting points, but then, yeah, that extra half point does it for me. Uh, yeah, so I'm just going to correct myself. I mean, I said that they're getting that extra half a point. They're really actually getting six and a half points because they're getting three and a half at home. Um, I don't think the Bills are as as good as people think they are. And a home team getting points at home when they're normally giving three, you know, they're basically getting six and a half points. So that's why I really am, you know, I love this game. It's not even a lean. I think the Raiders are, they might even outright win this game against the Bills because like we both just agreed, you know, beating the Jets by only 10 is like, you know, almost losing the game because everybody should beat the Jets by, you know, two or three touchdowns. So, uh, you know, give me the Raiders getting three and a half points at home. Eric, let's move on to, you know, your format this week. I think you like a bunch of games and the spreads on these games. So take it away. Thanks. Yeah. So in keeping with what we just talked about, I'm looking at decent to good teams that are actually getting points. Um, I'm going with three games, all spread picks. Let's start with uh, similar to the the Raiders. Uh, I'm going with the Bears. They are getting three. Uh, at home against the Colts. First of all, they're switching to Nick Foles. They're definitely going to operate better on offense with Trubisky out. I think Matt Nagy wanted to do that all along, but he had to placate the uh, the, uh, the GM pace because Trubisky was his guy. Uh, so he started the season with Trubisky, but Trubisky is not a, a good quarterback. Foles has already shown he can do it. Um, and in the comeback game last week, uh, he showed again that he has that magic. Uh, I also just – I think the Colts are decent but not great. Uh, I think it's a fandom that, they, you know, it, just throwing out the game last week against the Jets. The Jets are horrible. Um, I think Rivers has been up and down. Uh, they had some trouble on the road in week one against um, the Jaguars. I expect them to have uh, more trouble against the Bears. Uh, so give me the Bears getting three at home against the Colts. Now the next two games 
are, um, again, decent teams, questionable teams, but still getting points against equally questionable teams, right? So I'm going with the Jaguars getting two and a half against the Bengals, right? The Bengals being favored to me, uh, I think they're, bu- they're buying into the Joe Burrow hype. He's looked good, yes, but that team cannot protect him. He almost got killed last week. Like literally got – oh, I thought he got knocked down a couple of times. Their offensive line is a disaster. Jaguars are a live team. Minshew makes plays. Uh, I think the line is the way it is because they're thinking that Bengals are due. They played uh, the Eagles tough uh, last week. I think people think that they're due to win their game. I expect actually the Jaguars to not only cover but to win outright. Um, then my third uh, pick is the Vikings, getting three and a half on the road against the Texans. So I think people are thinking uh, Cousins stinks. Uh, Deshaun Watson and Bill O'Brien are somehow due for a win. Um, I think Bill O'Brien's a horrible coach and an even worse GM, and he's dismantled that team around uh, Watson. Uh, by trading away Hopkins and uh, taking on, you know, David Johnson. And and just he has no weapons. They've struggled on offense. I watched that game against the Steelers. He was pressing, uh, throwing interceptions because he's just trying to make a play. Uh, I think people expect the Texans to get their first win here. I don't see it. I think uh, Vikings are just as live a team. And I like the fact that they're getting not just three, but uh, three and a half. So that extra hook. Uh, does it for me. So give me the Vikings, the Jaguars, and the Bears all getting points to cover. Uh, I think Bears-Colts, I, I know that Nick Foles coming in last week gave the uh, the Bears a little juice, but I just don't think the Bears are that good of a team, to be honest with you. Uh, I think that they've, they've gotten where they're at right now through smoke and mirrors. They lost Tariq Cohen now for the season. They're talking about playing Cordell Patterson at running back. I just I, I don't see it with the Bears. I will always have love in my heart for Nick Foles for what he did in Philly, but I don't know how much magic he has left, and I think I would go the other way in this game. I would take the Colts, who I think have a legit defense uh, and a veteran quarterback that can get the ball where it needs to go and a budding superstar in Jonathan Taylor at running back and one of the best offensive lines in the league. So I'd go the other way on, on Colts-Bears. We should do a side bet then. It works for me. You don't want to wake the dragon, do you? Yeah, I mean, um, I, I, I tend to agree with you, John. I, I, you know, I think the Bears probably, their record is not indicative of how this team is. And I know that you can't really analyze the Colts and what they did against the Jets because anybody would look against, good against that team. But at the same time, uh, even though Nick Foles is starting for the Bears, I still like the Colts in this game. It's probably a game I'm going to stay away from. Um, but if I had to pick it, you know, gun to my head, I'd probably take the Colts and I'd give the, uh, the points to the Bears. Um, but all good stuff, uh, Eric, on, those, on, your, on your picks as well and your analysis. So, John, talk to us. Uh, you got your Eagles, right? Yep. Uh, one more I had actually on, on Eric's games is I did – I was looking at the props in, that, uh, in the Texans-Vikings game. Uh, Deshaun Watson has not been running as much this year uh, as I think he probably should. And as we know that he can, his over under for rushing yards this week is 22 and a half yards. He hit that. He would have hit that only once so far this year, but if he would have crushed it at least nine times 
last year. I think he's going to start running more. I think with this poor start that they've had against some really good teams, he's going to start taking off more now and taking more on his shoulders uh, as the Texans move forward. So I would definitely take Watson on the over on 22 and a half. I was looking at David Johnson. I uh, gave him a vote of confidence last week and, and uh, recommended his uh, over on three and a half catches. Almost hit it, not quite. It's down to two and a half this week, which I like a lot. But the odds are terrible at minus 177. So for a prop on those games, I like Sean Watson rushing yards. And now what we've all been waiting for, the injury bowl. Um, I've spent the whole season so far lamenting how my Philadelphia Eagles have been just decimated with injuries. And every week there's more. Uh, the offensive line is almost completely uh, done. Uh, Lane Johnson and Jason Kelsey are the only remaining starters on the whole line. Uh, add Deshaun Jackson to the list of walking wounded for the Eagles that are not going to be available against the Niners. Um, at one point this week, the Eagles had one wide receiver at practice, one. Um, so it's not getting any better for them. The Niners, on the other hand, also have had a lot of injuries. Uh, this game, they're going to be without their leading running back, uh, Mostert. Of course, no Jimmy G at quarterback, no D Ford, uh, no Dre, Dre Greenlaw at linebacker, no cornerback Mosley. But it looks like they're going to get George Kittle back. The game is in San Francisco. Uh, Nick Mullins has put up numbers, although I'm still a little, I'm, I'm not quite a believer in, in Nick Mullins as a quarterback. The Eagles are getting right now seven and a half on the road. The over-under is 45. I keep expecting an Eagles bounce back, that somehow something's going to happen and they're going to bounce back, play with a little heart, uh, and either get a win or make it close. Now, it was certainly close last week, but against a team that is just not very good in the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm going to roll the dice one more time in that I think the Eagles will keep it close. I would take the Eagles, take the seven and a half, with the idea that they still might lose the game, but pick up some type of garbage cover, uh, potentially. As far as props go, I think I got to go with George Kittle here. He's coming back. The over-under for receiving yards for Kittle is 52 and a half. Uh, I could see him being fed the ball a lot in this game as sort of a security blanket for Mullins. Uh, so I'll take Kittle in the 52 and a half. One more, a little bit of a dart throw. Richard Rodgers to score a touchdown. He's a tight end. And this is his second or third tour with the Eagles, I think. The Eagles love to play a lot of two tight end sets, and Dallas Goddard is out for quite a while now. So it'll be Richard Rodgers and Zach Ertz manning the tight end spot. I could see Richard Rodgers picking up a touchdown, and at plus 1,200, if it happens, it'd be a nice hit. What do you guys think? Yeah, listen, man, I, I, you know, I, I like your analysis, but I got to tell you, I think the Eagles are going to get shellacked. I really do. Um, you know, I thought that the Giants were going to win the game last week and they got destroyed by San Francisco with uh, so many injuries. I, I can't see San Francisco not winning this game by more than, you know, 10 to 14 points. So I'm going to go the other way on this game and take the, uh, take the Niners with the points on this game. Eric, what do you think? Uh I'm kind of leaning towards you, but I definitely would watch the under. Uh, I just don't see how the Eagles score that many points. They have no explosiveness, uh, especially a wide receiver. 
And so even when they when they win or they they, they tie, right, it's going to be a close, uh, low-scoring affair. Uh, so here, uh, I kind of got burned last week with the Jets, like I said, with the, taking the over. Even in a blowout, you're – I don't even know how many points the Eagles would would uh, would score. So uh, what I would trend uh, towards the under on this. Yeah, well, a couple more just quick thoughts on on this Eagles game here. Uh, looking at the numbers, they're they're not super helpful. The Eagles are two and three against the spread in their last five. Niners are three and two against the spread in their last five. Here's how I think the Eagles could try to keep it close. One of the things that Doug Peterson has not done so far this year has run the ball enough. When they've run the ball, they've been successful. Miles Sanders is getting holes. He's hitting the holes. Now, San Francisco's defense has played pretty well this year. But if you look a little bit deeper, they're, they're the, the either one or two as far as pass defense goes. They're a little bit more middle of the pack when it comes to rushing defense. They're allowing 116.7 rushing yards per game so far, which, like I said, is sort of middle of the pack in the NFL. So if the Eagles are smart, they rely on Miles Sanders a lot. They hand the ball off a lot. They run the ball to try to control the clock in this one. Um, and I think that's how the Eagles could keep it close. One more quick prop here. I mentioned earlier that the Eagles are without pretty much all of their real wide receivers. Greg Ward is the last man standing. He, had, uh, he was peppered with 11 targets last week and eight receptions. Re- receptions uh, this week, four and a half at minus 112. I'll take the over on that as well. And you know what? Give me a 50-burger on it. Hmm. This is a tasty burger. All right. So into the most anticipated part of the show is our favorite tracks. And I'm going to start us off real quick with a 20-year-old classic, Binary Finary 1998, in the Gorilla Remix Gorilla is a, uh, what do we say, pseudonym for, or a, an alternate name for Barry Corston. And his remix of this classic track is just fantastic. Another 138 BPM. Um, it's just a banger. And what he did with this classic track is just fantastic. And right now, that's what I've been listening to in the car. Guys, what's your track of the week? Well, I'm going to go with a um, a somewhat retro-themed track. It's actually a new release just within the last month. The artist is Stephanie M, and the track is Power of Love. It is a funky, very danceable track, uh, sort of a, a, a funky groove, sort of the funky groove genre here. And when you check it out, see if you can... Um, recognize a sample from an 80s hit which gives us a little bit of that retro theme I'm sticking with uh, Prida. I've just been in, in a groove with him, and uh, it's on the uh, album or the, the, sh- the EP or LP, whatever you call it, The Elements, and it's the first track, the opening track, Elements. It just gets you 
in the groove. I usually start off a, a workout with it to get me uh, in the mood. Um, so I'm going with Elements from Prida. Right, guys listen great analysis today uh we have a lot of big games tomorrow hopefully your wagers work out everybody uh you know take our analysis with a grain of salt but i think we did a really nice job of breaking down the games and analyzing each and every aspect of the games including all of the props so good luck to everybody and hopefully your all your wagers work out wagers ragers out until next week we'll see you in week five Adios. Later. Later.